Hello, uh, welcome to the Forever Forest podcast. Uh, I'm Freebs. Uh, you may remember me from podcast uh, 16, 15, 14, I don't know, the one with Iggle Piggle, the one where me and Dan went momentarily nuts for an hour and played, of course, the classic game Blatherwicks and all that business. Uh, we've been away for a little while. I have actually been collecting stamps with cats on. Uh, mainly from Papua New Guinea. They're the very nice triangular shapes, if you ever uh, want to look some yourself. So I'm afraid I, I've been uh, watching Forest from afar, as I often do. I probably can't get a Liverpool ticket. I'm not a proper fan. Uh, but all that, we'll discuss that later on. Um, <laughs> if someone sees me at the game now, they're going, there you are. Where were you, Vardersfield? Um, but I'm going to find out what the others have been up to uh, in the order they are on my screen. Uh, joining me, uh, Dan White. What have you been doing, Dan? Where have you been since Eagle? Um Due to the ongoing court case, I've been advised by my lawyers that I can't discuss that. Oh, okay, that's fine. Is 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 it you versus Al Hasawi? Oh no, you're trying to. Have you been trying to get the 1959 FA Cup back? I can't. I can't say. Oh, I tried to get you and weasel you out of that one. I'm afraid I cannot do it, guys. Um, well, it's nice to see you anyway, and um, I hope all's been well. Um, Holly, you're back with us as well. What, what have you been up to, Holly? I mean, last time you were, I think you were having a romantic Valentine's evening. Um, but since then, where's Holly been? Well, that, that evening, I actually came down with COVID. So um, it all went downhill after there, really. So What a uh, gift. Yeah, keeps on giving as well, as Lisa sure knows as well. So That yeah. is love, Good isn't fun. it? That mm. is love. What did you get me? I got you some roses and COVID. Okay, so you, are you right now? Are you feeling now? Are you good? Yeah, all good, all good. Yeah. 100%, so I can't complain. Well, you can't, no, you can't if it's all right now. I mean, there is a lot of bad stuff going on in the world, but do you know, as a doctor once said to me, it's your shit. You know, you don't think it's as bad as other people's shit. If it's your shit, it's relative and et cetera, et cetera. I was about to say talking of your shit. And then I thought it was the worst entrance ever for somebody on a podcast. Hi, Lisa. How have you been? You okay? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> uh, I've been, uh, I've been away. Where have you been? Uh, <laughs> I've no idea where I've been. That was Just a really bad lie. Covered, I think with Jed Spence. Isn't it funny because even though we have sort of been away and doing stuff because of social media and chats, I've sort of got a bit of an idea what people have been doing. I've seen Lisa celebrating. I've seen the, the, your daughter's been doing really well with her stuff. I've seen that on Facebook. I've seen Dan's. When Dan has got one of the best competitions coming up ever because he's, his son has created an absolute behemoth uh, of a quiz. And every time I get my indie fixes, it's because uh, I say Holly's showing it. I saw Louise Venner being interviewed the other day by Holly and it really took me back as well. Um, anyway, uh, all of that in into the corner now it's time to talk about Nottingham forest um so we're just uh, we don't really know where to go with this dan do you want to talk about sheffield united in the league or do you want to go straight into some fa cup hijinks up to you you, you can uh, pick the route for us i could choose your own adventure book from the 80s look them up kids can we start with huddersfield is that right oh very concerned face that'll be the court case there those who didn't see it dan was very Huddersfield. yeah we can um i take it you mean the cup definitely the cup game not just a random league game or 19 19- what we've beaten beat loads in the league and stuff, but the cup game, Dan, how would you like to start this? Off you go, over to you. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I know that's a bit of a, a lame start to this, but um, I was I was working and I had it on a screen on a, a wall that I couldn't quite see from where I was working. Kind of listened to it. Most forest games you listen to, and you, if you're busy, you kind of dip in and out of them. And I just kept drifting over to it every few minutes. I was like, I've got to go sit and do something. And then like 30 seconds later, commentary drew me back in. Uh, and I realised it had just been a very entertaining 90 minutes, really. Um, so that, that was the main takeaway. And then the only, the only other real... Um, thing was we talked earlier in the season I think about you know certain players playing well and others not playing well and how um, it might be stating the obvious but when teams are, are good 
everyone's good. You don't rely on one or two players to stand out necessarily. Um, and I think you saw from social media and everything else, you could name pretty much anyone on that team from the Huddersfield game and say, oh, they had a great game. So, um, you know, that's uh, that was the takeaway from me. So just, yeah, really enjoyable, really nice to be watching football matches that you're invested in, but also you're not hiding behind the sofa while you're watching them. So, um, yeah, good good times. Still don't like 2-1. I must admit, 2-1 got me. I was more nervous in that one than I was in Leicester or Arsenal. I think, obviously, for obvious reasons, even though Arsenal was 1-0, I... I Arsenal, I think we discussed, started like, we're, yeah, you know, it's a free swing, isn't it? And then I think we messaged each other and we said on the pod, the longer it went on, we were like, we're going to be really annoyed if we lose this. That one the other night, it felt, even at a goal down, I didn't move. Um, obviously, at least you're at the game, etc. It was different, but even at 1-1, 2-1, I didn't move because I kept going. I wanted it to be, there was nothing wrong with the goal, was there? Things like that. I wanted it to be status quo a little bit. Um, there was no need for you to set off those fireworks afterwards, though, Dan, when people are walking out of the ground. What was all that about? bit excited in it for just beating it did you you did see this you know what I'm talking about do you or not okay thank yeah you. <laughs> um yeah I, I honestly I'd not heard of it well I think I'd seen it once at maybe the the Arsenal Leicester game uh, because I'm not a regular down there I didn't realize it was a thing either so I wasn't sure if it was a club doing it when I saw it again if it was FA Cup stuff or whatever uh, I kind of liked it to be honest and um you wouldn't get a team moaning about that if they were walking away winning so it's always good when away fans are sounding off because it usually means that we've won yeah, I've seen some wonderful stuff today. People really swearing at, you know, uh, Sorridge for his goal and stuff. Uh, Lisa, I'm going to go to you just uh, had a, a podic, so, you know, you're uh, not you're in the field. You're a Nottingham-based or nearer than the rest of us. Uh, uh, what are we, I guess, in exile, I guess, compared to that. Do you, do you reckon it really only made me think about it when the Middlesbrough fans were getting all salty about it, saying, you know, look at them playing our second team. Where I love it where somebody put, well, you should be angry at your manager for playing your second team if you expected to lose. But um, do you imagine if you don't know about Forest the way that we do, do you reckon you would think that we are just going absolutely nuts about every game or would you just think it's the funnest place in the world to be? Like that video when we start doing did it straight away, you know? Is it like, is it the best atmosphere in English football at the minute or is are we just over the top about every game now? Well, you know what? That atmosphere um, on on Monday was just unreal. Um, they, they, to, be, to be fair, the fans were a little bit quiet during the game. Um, that's not to say that we weren't behind the team because everybody was. I mean, the, the like Forza did a, a, a little bit of a display with the flags and stuff at the beginning. Mullock and Tyre, as always, was absolutely spot on. Um, yeah, I mean, at the end, you're literally waiting for the music to come on. And there was a, a bit, like you've said about that video, where you see the fans cheering and then the next minute the music starts and everyone is just jumping around. And I can't remember the last time that there was still 25,000 people in the ground all jumping around throwing their you know throwing their shapes at the end of the game um and it wasn't just that i mean we we were waiting for for cooper to come and do his fist pumps and i am really really disappointed in him because he didn't come and do it to the trent end yeah i mean maybe he's doing it on the level of shouting the trent end's normally quite quiet when i'm there i'm sure you're going for it and all that lisa but um Holly, do you think there's a? I've I've got this weird thing. So obviously, I keep seeing a lot of these games remotely, surrounded by people who, I know you you know you're down south like me, but you get to a lot more games than me. But it's um, do you think there's a, there's a thing that we are becoming almost like the banner boys or the you know the banner team for like the rebel support? Like Saint Pauli used to be in Germany. That kind of, I think I get friends of mine saying to me like, God, Forest looks crazy, or like people going like that singing you do before the game or it's not actually a weird thing to us because it's kind of almost like the old school I mean yeah we've had a lot of seasons we haven't seen it but a forest now like the coolest most indie like let's get some cool Adidas trainers on team to support in England right now because I think they are oh absolutely I mean <clears throat> I think we've always been that's always had that potential hasn't it 
I mean, I hate that sleeping giant kind of phrase, but it, it has been that. And also with the supporters as well, you know, it's just kind of, it's always been there. We've always had the potential. When Forests are playing well, I mean, everyone says it, it's just so unified. And we've been so starved of success for so long. Um, we're just expressing our relief and our refreshments in the sand, I think. It's like my my friend at work is a mobile fan. He messaged me the other day and he said, is it right that your last quarterfinal wasn't Bayern Munich? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, that's absolutely mad. I'm like, yes, it's absolutely mad. Forests have had no success in recent years and we're absolutely loving it. And yeah, the atmosphere in the ground is just absolutely electric. I mean, I wish I could have been there on Monday, but unfortunately I was watching it on, um, I was actually watching it on Now TV, which was about five, four or five minutes behind. So I literally turned my phone over so I didn't see any kind of notifications or anything or any spoilers. And then when it got to um, half time, I was like, you know, texting people or whatever. And I was like, oh, you know, I wish I could have had a bit more of that spontaneous sort of, you know, reaction. But, um, but yeah, phenomenal. I mean, I can't wait for Saturday. Every game now, I just cannot wait to be there. I cannot wait. And as Lisa said, when, when we win and, you know, Depeche Mode starts and the fist pump and everything, it's just, oh, yeah, fantastic. I, I can't agree more. And obviously I, I think I'm sort of the prime one for that, watching it from distance all the time, either through, you know, financial things where it is, I just can't get. And I, I'd actually plan to come up for Reading. And then I've got a chance to take Clem to my uh, granny and granddad. So it's like, okay, I can't do Reading. But yeah, I, I think things change in you. It's, it's a life thing, isn't it? Where people say about what you're doing. And there's been a lot of this already since the game about people's levels of uh, what they deserve to go and see in games and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, we discussed this, Dan, I was sort of saying like some of the stuff I've seen, sat in a pub in Brighton with a broken leg saying, can you please put Forrest versus Accrington Stanley on in the League Cup for me? And you're sitting there with all these Brighton fans mocking you. And it's just like, in a way, I felt I earned a bit of something that day, you know? Um, but it is lovely to see. And I, I don't know about you, Dan, but I, I don't really remember even the 90s sort of feeling in the same way this. You were talking about the thing with tickets. So if a team's selling out on the tickets, it means there's a good vibe. If you can't get a ticket, it's a hot ticket. It's a good thing. It means the team's doing really well. So um, it's, it's, do you think it's a social media thing compared to when we were younger? Or do you think it's because the age we are and things like that? Why does this feel so different? Or is it just because of that 108-year awful start that we started with, do you think? In a weird way, so I'm not, for me, I'm not sure it feels, I don't want to say it doesn't feel different, but, you know, kind of the prime for me was when I was 10, 11, um, watching us get promoted back to Premier League and then finishing third and then Europe and, and you know, the quarterfinal Holly mentions against Bayern Munich. So that was like the prime time for me uh, in terms of success. And I'm not sure it wasn't that the, it, it was exciting. I remember that, you know, the game against Manchester United when Collymore scored and then uh, Kanchelskis equalised. I think it finished 1-1. It was near the beginning of that season. And the Trent end was demolished at that point. So everyone was in the Bridgeford. If you watch that back on TV, the atmosphere is absolutely electric. And I remember walking down past where the club shop is now. And there was nearly as many Man U fans as Forest fans. And there was just something special about it. I think the difference between now and then for me is, and it comes back to the age thing you mentioned, um, I thought that was just a given at the time. <laughs> and I didn't realise it was going to run out. And now for all of us, I don't, even those of us that were probably old enough for, or mature enough to understand that it wasn't going to last forever, probably didn't understand it was going to disappear for so long. <laughs> and that, and that's the difference now. And that's why I don't really care what anyone thinks about us. It would be nice if we were their second team and we were that cool team. But honestly, it's just nice that everyone's excited about Forest at the moment. Even if we don't go up, even if we get knocked out by Liverpool, you're there for these weekends right and the more of them the better at this point so you just got to kind of take it as it comes and realize that we might have another 20 years of nothingness so so what better reason than to to crack on now and enjoy it 
Yeah, there's, there's no way I'm saying to anyone listening to this who's 23, I want them to feel sorry for me that I saw us play Bayern Munich in the quarters of UEFA Cup or anything like that because, uh, you know, they might, I think we discussed it before with either when Joe was on saying about the best game he seems like Colchester away or something like that. You know, it's, it's all relative. We, whereas I think the same about the European Cup wins. They don't really have a lot to do with me. They were two years before I was born. But um, I think ultimately it's nobody saw that coming then. And I think Forrest also teased us by going, oh, we've been relegated. Clough, uh, Clough's gone. Oh, we'll just come straight back up and come third. Oh, we've gone down again. Oh, we'll just come up and win the league. And we thought, okay, so if we do go down, we can come back up. No, I was 18. I've had this joke before. I was 18 years old last time. You know, I don't grow a whisker on my face. Um, so yeah, there, there is a, but I think every football fan will have that journey, won't they? I think, to be honest, there'll be, you know, Lisa, when you, when we, I remember that cup game, like anything, you know, with Crosley saving them pens and everything. If we said that was the last time we'd make a quarters, and, you know, oh, I can't remember who knocked us out in the quarters. Can you, who, who was it who knocked us out after Tottenham? As a quick quiz question. Uh, Villa. Was it Villa? Yeah. Was it Villa? Franz Carr, yeah. who are. Mm. Well, yeah. Dan, you've got one point. We'll come to guess the Garibaldi in a minute. We said that at the same time. Don't just give it to him. Lisa, you, I, I have to deal with you every week. On <laughs> yeah, but when I remember radio, stuff, it's I, really good. <laughs> yeah, no, okay, no, that's fair enough. And, and obviously, guess the Garibaldi is actually my weak spot as well. So, but I mean, back then, if you'd have said to the the young Lisa, um, you know, you're not going to see him again in even in the league. You know, it's. I just pray that if Forest do get out of here, I get out of the Championship. Um, that there's two things don't happen. First of all, a Stockholm syndrome where we go, kind of miss the championship. It's VAR shit. Because I think we will. I genuinely think there'll be bits of it we miss. And there'll be a lot of it where we go, you know, that knows is really crazy promotion juice stuff down and it's worth wishful thinking, but I just pray that they just have a bit of a showing if they do. I know we can discuss this in May or June, but uh, you never would have believed it, would you, Lisa, that we're 20 odd years out of there? No. And I mean, to some degree, you know, we've, we've had players in those 20 years that, should have played in the in the Premiership. Um, we've also had some that sh- that weren't even fit for League Two. So um, you know, it's it is crazy that we are in this situation now, given the state of the the season that sort of started. Um, worst worst start in 108 years, and we are in the FA Cup quarter final, and we are poised on the edge of um, a promotion push. And and it's really exciting. It's a really good time to to be a Forest fan and um, I mean I, I went to Sheffield on Friday with uh, with Charlie um, and said to him you know it's, it's a ground that you know that was the last FA Cup tie away I think that I went to um, and it was I we were favourites as well sorry, that, that, that was that was where I went but the last time we, we were in the FA Cup that was um, when you know Billy was in charge in the first game we were leading with what five minutes to go, and then they scored three goals, uh, and that was when Nigel Clough was their manager. Um, and the, the the atmosphere Friday was just amazing from start to finish. And I said to him, I said, you know, sometimes as a fan, the away games are what you live for because the atmosphere is totally different to what you get at home. Um, and it was it was just a, it was just great. And he was just like, can I come every week, Mum? I was like, right. Even the walk from the train station to the ground, he was like, I'm loving it, I'm loving it. And I mean, he's he turns 18 this year. So you asking me the question about 18-year-old me, yeah. thinking how how did I feel, knowing how Forrest had been in all that time. Um, you know, I, I, I want us to get promoted. Of course I do, because I want my kids to experience what we did. Mm. I mean, especially when you see so many teams that, 
have been up and down. And I'm not one of those who thinks any team's got a divine right more than another. I, I realised that pretty quick. I think maybe year two into the 20 odd years of exile that, you know, no one has that right. I think it took a lot of fans a lot longer. I still think there's probably some fans now who think we should be in the league over Burnley, for instance, or something like that, because we're Nottingham Forest. It means nothing, really. Look, Huddersfield Town's a prime example. The back of their shirt has got three stars. Won by Herbert Chapman, three leagues in a row. Um, we went on to, uh, was it Arsenal first of the way around? I can't remember. Fantastic. Yeah, I know we're talking the 1920s, whatever we are, but they've got every right to go we they've won three leagues we've won one you know so the history of what you are i'm sure the royal mechanics over the other royal engineers who won the fa cup could put a claim to go well we're quite the side you know what i mean your history only really buys you a nostalgia as well as a bit of a you know i've said before our stars help us if we get into the top flight i think to get players etc but um holly it could be worse because someone tweeted today about a game not long ago and this wasn't that long ago um where do you think this side would do against the current steve cooper side so in goal we've got pantilamon we've got Dariqua. We've got uh, Mil- Milosevic, we've got uh, Benayoun, Osborne at left back. We've got Pele holding the uh, midfield together there. Uh, we've got Ryan Yates, obviously amazing, Jack Colback, Joe Lolly, uh, Bonatini and Daryl Murphy. Uh, that side's getting absolutely nailed, isn't it? I mean, apart from Yates versus Yates, that's quite an improved side since then. Listen to that and think, God, did, did Ryan Yates play in the same side as some of those people that I've completely forgotten ever existed? Everyone picks um... Ryan Yates, Holly, you know the rule. <laughs> Um, bless him. Um, what a oh God, what absolute dross we've had over the years, honestly. That's you what know how long ago that was, Holly. When was that? Three years ago. Really? Not Bloody that long. Hell. Bloody hell. Who the, um, hell was, who the hell was um Bonatini? Why have I forgotten him? Who was that? Bonatini. Was, was he from the Wolves, right? Wolves, yeah, yeah. He was the Wolves guy, wasn't he? That did nothing. Yeah, it's a, we're living in halcyon days, Holly, aren't we? It's it's like the the first Oasis album versus <coughs> ones. You know, that's we, we've done it in the reverse way around. Who who would you say right now is the player that you just start your team sheet with the name on? And does it rhyme with Ryan Yates? Uh, Mr. Ryan Yates, absolutely, one hundred percent. I mean, what a game he had on Monday night! Bloody hell, he was phenomenal, wasn't he? He's like a it's like a wholesome little action man, isn't he? he we were saying the other day, me and my mate. <laughs> Me and my, my mate were saying the other day that if you were that age, you'd love Ryan Yates. As a girl, you'd love Ryan Yates to be your boyfriend. You know, he'd be oh. a great boyfriend, wouldn't he? I'd buy you flowers all the time and, you know, he'd tick all the boxes. So, um, wow. <laughs> Yates love. He <laughs> sounds like a Simon Bates. <laughs> right, yes. um, again, it, just, it just took me a minute there. I, I misheard you say tick all the boxes. It's tick all the boxes. <laughs> oh, gosh. What, wow. what is that? I'm about? old enough, to, probably old enough to be his mum. <laughs> so that's just completely wrong. I know. I, I was like, <laughs> have I missed a phrase that's out in like popular culture? Wow. Sorry. Oh, yeah, if I we ever do down the years and manage to get Ryan Yates, can we just not talk about him tickling anything? But I know, I mean, it's a, it's a great point. I mean, I was waiting for somebody to do something like they did um, today by sharing all the highlights of that game because there was, it wasn't just the header, it wasn't just the passing. Some of those side balls through. I mean, I'm going to skip your minute, Dan, because I know Lisa and I have banged this drum for long enough in terms of the Freebs and Fox stuff we do on the radio. But, you know, it, it doesn't undo what people still think about it or they might go, he's not that X, Y, Z. But I, the thing I've never not seen in him is the lack of desire and want. And I've never understood the the crap that the lad's got because, you know, I think I said this about Jamie Mackey. Jamie Mackey can run and run and run, but so can Mo Farah, but I wouldn't want him playing for Forest sort of thing. There is a part of that where you need to do the bits, but I've just never seen the stuff people have seen. I thought Hewton handcuffed him, but it feels good to be right, doesn't it, Lisa? Completely. And uh, I mean... I, I said to you guys on our on our group, he was he, some of the runs that he was putting in on Monday. It was Roy Keane esque. He he really has stepped up uh, to a whole new level this season. And I am I, I'm just chuffed 
because we always kind of knew that he had it in him um and we've seen it and and just advocated for him to be in that 11 and for people to see what we've seen for a, a while really um and I just love him you know and and at, at the end on on Friday night um our fans were just number one is Ryan Yates number two is Ryan Yates and we all live in a world of Ryan Yates and I, and I love it um and again I mean Monday he was unplayable and um you know he's our third leading scorer which we wow know, we have been going on all, you know, however long that we, yeah, we, we've got Graben and, um, you know, Brennan's obviously come in and doing the job now this season. Um, Davis popping up with a few goals, even though we, we were told he was rubbish and that he wasn't going to do that. Surridge, yeah, same. We spent all this money on him. He's going to be crap. I'm so glad that he got his goal on Monday. Thoroughly, thoroughly deserved that. Um, and yeah, Yates is our third leading scorer this season. And it's, it's great to see our midfielders, chipping in um and I think somebody tweeted about the fact that old 50p head from last season has obviously polished those edges um and he's now a round pound and I, I actually quite liked that analogy oh yeah there was there was definitely some times when he should have been scoring a lot of different headers but I think it was that game was it the Bristol City or was it there was one game where it was like a big turnaround moment and he scored a header and it felt like all the planets that aligned uh, again my memory's lost it, it, it was it was a there was a home game where it kind of it looked from where I was sat in the trend end that it hit him um, but it wasn't. He did actually nod it in. Um, yeah. But I, I mean, I, I've said to people before, I know full well that knowing the sort of player that he is, he would he would know last season what he needed to work on in the summer. And that was his heading. And he will have gone away and done it. And it's now we are reaping the rewards for this, the type of player that we have on our books. And it's um, it's interesting that all the talk is about Brennan and his contract. But Yatesy is also out of contract at the same time next year. Yeah, I, I, again, this will be uh, slightly probably outrageous to people, but I'd get Yates signed up before. Anyway, but anyway, that's just... 17 and a half million, I've told you, and he's only going to go up. That's it, exactly. So that is the one. Um, so, Dan, I'm going to I'm gonna face some of the... Uh, I'll just say as well, that bit where he harried and harried and pushed the player outside. It's just... Mwah, mwah, perfect. Perfect is even a word. Magnifique is a word. Parfait is the other word. Dan, um, Lewis Grabham probably should sell him now. Thoughts? Do you know what? It's, it's all things being equal, you keep him, right? But could you say this whole, is from a crazy world of Twitter? This is all no, no, but I think there's a serious point to it as well, which is I completely understand what you mean. Saying you know people maybe overreacted to the fact that we've scored goals without him and won games, but but realistically, he's still the best striker we've got at the club. However, um, kind of predominant here in the US sports around building teams over time and what you have to do. We can't have everybody and, and it's going to be a struggle, right, to stay within FFP if we don't go up this year. Um, assuming we don't for the sake of this conversation, um, then what do you do here? Do you give Brennan Johnson a big contract, re-sign Ryan Yates, keep Surridge, keep Davis, try and get Grabham for a few years? Where is all this money coming from? Are people going to pay 80 quid a ticket? Um, so it's tough decisions, right? So I'd agree that Grabham's the, better stri- the best striker at the club. Do you put all your eggs in one basket and hope that he has another two seasons being able to score 20 and doesn't get injured? I'm not so sure, personally. That's not a slight at him. It's it's just how you deal with the football club uh, and how you run it. And if we're going to get Davis and keep Surridge and have Johnson on a new contract, how are we going to fit them all in? So may, maybe it is time for, for us to uh, let him move on and get his payday. And uh, as long as we can do the other business up front and keep those others. Yeah, because I think there is a there's a, thought as well as in the Steve Cook is 
30 just though he's the only player who's over 30 wasn't he on that side of the day so there is uh, there does seem to be i can't remember if dane said this when we spoke to him about an ethos of the the age of the squad now you, you obviously cook is a prime example of someone who goes that experience is just so vital what a signing he has been it's incredible and you do need those older heads with the other ones but you forget like ryan yates is you know like even he's how many games has he bloody played now already you know he's playing a lot of football um so there is that thing of how old do they want that squad to be because ultimately if you do have players out of sync with that age thing some of them are going to go because of the age and then you sort of sort of rejigging your squad all the time if you can get them all to be of a roughly same age and make them grow together and stay together i think that does reap benefits ultimately so it isn't probably like you say dan as crazy a question as i probably first thought it was um holly easier one for you um Orvath or samba who's your keeper um i think horvath's got to keep his place hasn't he um i think it would send out a really bad signal if he was dropped now and i think um cooper's made the right decision so far um but it was his, the goal uh, the Twitter will tell you. I, I don't agree with that all. Well, his man completely, but um, I don't think he, well, I don't think he's done anything really wrong in those four games for me. No, he hasn't. He's he's proved himself as a really great shot stopper. Still feel a little bit nervous with his distribution, um, but I think that's probably because he's rusty for game time more than anything. Um, more games he gets, the more confidence it'll be. He's Sorry? not punched anyone in the face yet, which is a... No, uh, so he's got that on his side, hasn't he? Um, and I think, yes, yeah, so Samba's got a bit of an awakening here, I think. He, he can't he can't do stuff like that. If we're a, you know, if we're a promotion-pushing um, team, um, you don't do stuff like that. And I know I know he's got a hot head and that's part of his, part of his character, but... Um, and he is phenomenal on his day. But, you know, Horvath's done really, really well. I've been really pleased with him and um, I think he deserves to keep his place now. Uh, it be interesting to see, you know, what kind of mistake he has to make to be dropped um you know i guess we'll see what happens on saturday but um no yeah good luck to him he's done Someone well say that he'll do one mistake and be gone i mean dan and lisa bring you in on that any thoughts on that i, I personally think it's probably a really good situation for cooper because if samba has learned anything he knows one more of those if he strikes out somebody or is all larry again i i I don't. I think he goes maybe even further back in the pecking order because you can't do that. He's been lucky that someone's come in who seems to be growing with confidence every game and has you know done some vital stops, like Holly said. Either of you have an opinion on the goalkeeper thing for what it's worth, what we think? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was glad to see that he actually kept his place on uh, on Monday night. I thought um, he deserved that, and I think Cooper is a bit of um, a stickler for loyalty, for being loyal to his team. Um, and there's no point changing if you don't need to change, uh, which we see because our side is pretty settled, isn't it? You know, if, if we all sat here and said, who's going to be in our starting 11 on Saturday, we'd probably get nine or 10 of the that, that 11 right um, straight off. You know, and it, and it is, if, is it the only, the only change for me really is does Davis come back in for Surridge? Um, that, or does Zinkenigal drop to the bench and, and you start with both of them? Um, it's, it is quite interesting. Uh, for me, um, I think Samba's got to prove himself. Uh, he did something really silly. Um, and um, obviously he's served his punishment in terms of the, the three-game ban. Um, and yeah, I, I think it, I think Holver will keep his place. Dan, are you a team? Um, oh my God, I can't remember where Samba's from. Is he from the RC? I can't remember where, where Samba's from. I was going to use Team America or you Team where Samba's from. Is, is Samba from Congo? I can't remember. Where, I thought I had him down as... You don't smile at me if you know. Just tell me. Put me out of my misery. I can't remember which team, which country he plays for. 
Okay, Dan, you're just staring at me. I, <laughs> no, no, no. I don't. Um, I I agree with what's been said so far in the sense that I think Horvath. It's right that Horvath's kept his place. Um, people have their opinions about. I think the distribution one's funny because I, I agree with the kind of nervousness around his distribution, and Samba just seems a bit more confident. But confidence doesn't necessarily mean end result. And a lot of people have said, "Oh, Samba's distribution's great." I, I think the highlight reel of Samba's distribution is great. He plays some long diagonals and all that kind of stuff, and gets some quick balls and his quick thinking. But actually, the few people that have put the stats together, he's not great in the league overall. So I think there's part of that which is perception over reality. And then, honestly, I think Cooper's played a blinder because if you drop Horvath after the third game, even if you think Samba should come back in, then you're giving a very clear message to Horvath that you're not you're not getting in the team. Yeah. And there is interest in in him from the US. Major League Soccer is about to start again, or it just has started. Um, a New England Revolution keeper has just signed for Arsenal as their backup. So they're looking for a keeper and there's rumours that Horvath could be coming back over to get game time to get back in the US team. So I think we want two good keepers. We want to be having a conversation about which one should be in and you've got to give him more than just the three games that the FA have told you you can't play Samba if you're going to give him any kind of confidence. So the interesting thing for me now is who do you play in the next three games? We've got three games in the coming week to league at home against um, you know, a team fighting relegation and a team fighting for promotion. And then you've got Liverpool. So do you bring Samba back in for one of those? Do you give Horvath the Liverpool game and then go back to Samba? Um, it's, it's going to be a test of man management because I don't think there's necessarily a right answer at this point. I think goalkeeper is the one position where you're like less, uh, less likely to get the... Say you were dropped down, you've been having a few good games and you're just a little bit off. You don't run quite as much. You don't, I think the extremes and the extremities of what a goalkeeper does, how do you at full pace stretch a little less because you're a bit pissed off? You know, I think it is that it is a position which is a little bit different like that. And I, I agree. I think it would have been a very clear message to Hovath that, you know, whatever you do, mate, you've only let in one goal with, uh, what was it drawn to? 1 1. And here's Samba again. I think, I think it's a shock. Um, Holly, I'm, I don't. I'm using this as an example of positivity in a way. I actually think, and I adore him, Scott McKenna had probably one of his lesser good games the other night for us as a few times passing wise. I think Max Lowe, a little bit, and Zinconagel mm-hmm. missing, and Johnson a little bit. But if you look at the standards of what that is compared to the start of the season, the bad is really not as bad as it was. Is, is there anyone you think, I mean, Dan said it's quite settled, or Lisa said it's quite settled. Is there anyone there you think should be just looking it up in their game a little bit after the last couple of games? Um, I think Brennan was slightly ghosted out on Monday as well. Um, didn't really see a lot of him. Um, and as you say, McKenna, I think he made one of his little sort of, um, one of his little runs. Um, I think because Yates, Garner, um, who else was really good on Monday? Um, obviously Sam Sturridge, they all stepped up and obviously Kim Davis that we sort of forgot about those around them really, because they did the job, um, and all the focus was on them. But, um, yeah, I'd like to see Brennan get amongst the goals again on, on Saturday. Um, I thought Spence was slightly quiet, but he still maintains a level, doesn't he? I, I think he's, as long as you've got him on the pitch, you know, something magic can happen. And um, I think we'll I think we'll definitely see a bit of Spence magic on Saturday as well. I think we'll win quite comfortably. So, um, Not appalling yeah. bounce. Uh, oh, <laughs> the governor. Um oh. No, you heard it at first. I think it'll be about a comfortable 3 0 win. And I will revel in that because I hate Reading, as a lot of people do. So, yeah, you're not the only person. I know there was somebody listening to this who absolutely despises Reading because of things they apparently did to Petr Cech's head. 
Um, but there you go. Uh, Lisa, while we're on this, and uh, anyone who's uh, looking to spend some money and win some back, here's Lisa Fox's tips. I actually uh, agree with Holly there. I think um, it will be a comprehensive win. Um, am I going to go for three? No, I can't, I can't go for the same as Holly. Um, Hold on. What is this? What is this? It's like if you really like treacle tart and Holly's had some, you can have treacle tart. Yeah, but what what am I going to put my money on? Uh, I think I'm going to put my money on. Um, actually, I probably will put it on 3 0. <laughs> First goal scorer? First goal scorer, Brennan uh, Johnson. There you go. And uh, Dan? You heard um, it here first. <laughs> well, you did hear it here first, I think, rather than BBC Radio Nottingham for a change. Dan, uh, like me, you will be travelling with uh, a child. Um, it's family. We're not, uh, we've are not. we not been some weird sort of business here. Um, Dan, you'll be at the game. Um, what are you going for, for for you and your lads to go and be watching by the Trent there? What score are you thinking? I'm going to say 1-0 and be boring and say Scott McKenna. <sighs> I'm guilty. Surely because it's my son's first ever game and it can't happen that it's like some amazing result. So I'm, I'm reckoning one now. Yeah, we were talking about that pre-game. Games that you've gone through and it's all either gone crazy or whatnot. You know, it'd be an incredible start for your first game. We, should, we will talk about that just briefly at the end. I know we did that in the very first podcast. If you want to know what our first games were, you're that even interested, go back and listen to podcast number one of the season. Uh, I'm going to go 2-1 uh, to Reading. Right, so moving on. Uh, look at your faces. I, I think we'll win... <laughs> But, you know, you should be able to do that. I've done that sometimes on the radio with you, Lisa, where I thought we'd lose. And people go, oh, it's like, I'm not I'm not 15. I don't just think we'll win everyone because I've got all the panini, I've got the shiny sticker. Um, so, yeah, let's. it, it would be, uh, it'd be crass of us not to talk about the, uh, the the small elephant in the room, which is uh, Liverpool FC. Uh, coming up, we will probably do something a little bit nearer the time. Um, but, yeah, it's it's been a long time, in the words of Led Zeppelin, been a long time, been a long, a long, a long, long, long time. Um who would I go to first? Dan, you're there. You're next to me. I'm the, I'm the one here. Um, are we going to get an absolute tanning or does it not matter? Because uh, I, I, I don't know. When I say what could happen, I feel like I cover everything. I go, it could go to pens. We could get hammered. We could beat them. I think, hold on, I've just discussed everything that could happen in a football match. Uh, just on a football pure thing, not the emotion of it. Uh, what do you think about that game there? Um, I'm excited. I've changed my plans so I can go to it. Um, I think more for the atmosphere than anything. I'm not sure. Game? Did you make the Huddersfield game? Just check in for friends. Go on, sorry, mate. Uh, go on. I'm just, I'm just. I've got, I've, I've got, I've got friends who who are giving their tickets to Liverpool fans. So I'm taking one of those. Good man. So yeah, um, so you were saying, Dan? What do you think about the? Um, what do you think the game will go like? Um, I, I'm interested to see what team Liverpool put out. It seems to be the done thing at the moment not to rest too many players as much as they all complain about fixture congestion. I've seen most of the big teams putting good sides out because I think they need to hedge their bets knowing that there's real competition for the Premier League and the, and the uh, Champions League. So um, maybe a strongish team from Liverpool, but I, I think we can give anyone a game at the moment. I'm not suggesting we're going to win, um, but I don't think it's going to be a completely one-sided affair. Um, I don't think they've won, is it in 12 at Forest? Oh, Liverpool? yeah. Not that I think they'll give a shit about that, but they've, they've got Arsenal away on the Wednesday before as well, if that makes yeah. a difference to anything. Yeah, but I don't think they've won at City Ground in the last 12 visits or something bizarre like that. Um, and I seem to recall the last the last couple as well. Um, so, yeah, just be a reminder of the good old days, I suppose, and um, another good, good chance for a big atmosphere. When we were younger, Dan. When everything was yeah. Holly, what was your first emotion? I mean, it was a weird one because we obviously knew pre-Huddersfield that it was coming. Um, if we, it was like the prize in a way, wasn't it? Um, mm. Your feelings when the whistle went and it was like, you know, you scans masters, we'll come in for a year. <laughs> um, it's funny, I met 
bumped into one of my colleagues from work um, this morning, actually, and he's a Liverpool fan, and he was mentioning that we were all singing that, and I was like, oh, gosh. Um, I mean, I, I can't wait. I'm so excited for this fixture, and I just think if we just play our game, don't worry about them, um, maybe we can get a result. Who knows? Anything can happen. Um, I'm, yeah, and that, the Mull of Kintyre, the whatever Falls is going to do beforehand, um, the atmosphere is going to be absolutely incredible, isn't it? And um, just seeing players like Mo Salah at the City Ground, I think, bring it on. I mean, this is what we want, isn't it? This is what we want. We want Forest to be playing Liverpool every week. Uh, we want games like this. We want, you know, 30,000 in the City Ground. Um, we want people talking about Forest. Um, uh, <sighs> Fantastic. I mean, we've, we've drawn like Chelsea and Arsenal so many times now and there have been, obviously there have been some good games, but I mean, I think this is the one, especially for the older fans. Um, it's all you see yeah. in it on Twitter when it's a cup. It's like we want Liverpool. Yeah, exactly. And I think the younger fans have no idea about that great rivalry, well, great rivalry, so-called rivalry in the sort of late 70s and, and the 80s as well. So, Well, I'm hearing the rumours yeah. younger fans know them as the five-star flamingos. Uh, that's what the, uh, <laughs> the uns are saying in the uh, east coast of America. Uh, Lisa, um, are we at danger of becoming Leicester City with this rivalry, or is it a generational thing? Because, as Holly's just said, there'll be younger lot who are going, brilliant, we can see Salah and Mane and all these amazing players and Jurgen Klopp's teeth. Um, but there's people, for me, it really stems from just despising their fans and uh, the way they generally talk about football and stuff like that. And that's It's just a... A deep because almost that you know the early 80s stuff is a little bit even before my time so do you, do you think there's a danger that we we some of us are creating a bit of a rivalry which they'll be going who the fuck are they i won't give a fuck about the fucking knocking forest well i all know what happened the last time we played them in the fa cup don't we yeah. um so for me um let's go out there and do it for brian laws that's what i've got to say on the matter to be fair exactly exactly i wonder if john aldridge will turn up <laughs> Piss off. Oh, Lisa Fox says, I'm Nottingham Live. Um, no, no, so whatever. I mean, do you know what? We're doing a sight injustice to QPR as well, because that'd be a bloody tough game. Dan, just to complete your trilogy, your middle game there, if your uh, Dan Dan comes to uh, Angleterre, I don't know why I did that bit in French. Uh, that's a tough little game as well in the middle, isn't it? Oh, by the way, we're thinking of potentially going bi-weekly with this, guys. That means once every two weeks, for those who don't speak French. Um, so it's uh, QPR will be... Yeah, Lisa, some people don't know what these things mean. Um, yeah, so Dan, QPR as well in there as well. I don't want to sort of look over that because that's, that's in a way the... Could you argue the most important of those three games in some weird way because of where they are and where we are? Yeah, I, I, I struggle to keep up, to be honest, because uh, obviously a lot of games got moved around, so teams are playing at different times. And we've kind of gone through the season. We, I'm not saying we've blown hot and cold. We've been pretty consistently good now um, since the eighth game of the season. But other teams have just gone on these runs that one week Blackburn are second in the league, and you're like, wow, they've come from nowhere. And then it's Huddersfield. QPR is still up there, but their run was quite a while ago now. So I haven't, I'm not really sure what to expect. They kind of went, you know, from eighth up to third, and then they've just kind of stabilized in those playoff spots. So it's Warburton. So there's always a chance of scoring some goals and I'd hope, um, although this wasn't necessarily the case in the away game, I'd hope that um, Cooper is the, you know, gets the better of him from a tactical point of view, given that Warburton's fairly one dimensional in 60th minute. No plan B. <laughs> yeah, yeah at, exactly. least, at least we know what we're facing. My margins. 
Yeah, oh yeah, that's it. That's the one. Um, so with all that, so, yeah, because I mean, Huddersfield have played a lot of bloody games, but you know, a lot, a couple of my mates are big Huddersfield fans, and they were saying, well, at least the points are on the board and all that. But I couldn't believe how I many they played like five more than Bournemouth before the, and obviously Bournemouth had a bad result last night, wherever it was. Um, but yeah, that's it. Really coming into those, uh, Lisa. Um, I've got a, a quick one for you before we wrap up. Um, well, a couple of things first of all before I come to Lisa. Um, Dan, we were going to do guest the guest the Bowley, like I say, we uh, we didn't get around to doing one this week because you've got a lot on. You are uh, internationally travelling soon. Um, so Dan's just picked a player in his head and we've got to try and guess who it is. So instead of guess the Garibaldi, it's basically just called guess the human being that Dan has imagined. Uh, obviously it's a footballer. So I would say, I'm looking at the, looking at the ladies here. What do you say? Two, two questions each, maybe that's all we're allowed to ask or something, Dan? Is that, cause I'm never going to just pick it off. Yeah, that's fine. I'm not sure I'll be able to answer them though. Cause I dreamt up the name and then well, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to say who it actually was. Has he scored more than 14.5 goals on average? You know, so he's got, I've got his Wikipedia open, so that's my disclaimer. I can answer anything that's on his Wikipedia page. Okay. So, Holly, do you want to go first? You can ask a, a bit like we did when we try and guess the guest. Um, can you? You can ask Dan a question about this Forest player, and maybe we just ask a question, and then a yes or no, and then we just go Lisa, then me, and whoever gets it straight after can have a go. Go on then. Did he play for Forest in the nineties? Yes. 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 The player, Holly. Oh bloody hell! Um... It's going to be someone that we're not, it's not obvious. Uh... I mean, because I'm uh, not being funny, but which one is obvious right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a very good point. Very good point. Which one have you got that is the obvious one? <laughs> it's not Stuart Pierce, and it's not Stephen yeah. Is it Pickle Pickle? Is it not Paul McGregor? Oh, well, that's, that's me answering it, Paul McGregor. All right, Lisa, uh, it's not Paul McGregor, is it, Dan? It's not um, Paul McGregor. No. That was the obvious one. Lisa, one question and then fire a shot at Dan. Did he wear a double-digited shirt number. Jesus Christ. Fucking hell. <laughs> Give me a minute. Hire a doublet and hold a falcon. I just I don't know where you're going with that. Well, it's 11 or above, isn't it? <laughs> or 10 or above. I've got, I've got to work right. out what number he wore now. I've got to find a picture of the back it of the shirt. might not be squad numbers in those days. He might have been early 90s, so... Yeah, that That's might... very true. Um, I'm going to get some strawberry. Uh, all the pictures are his face. Oh, yeah. That's annoying, isn't it? Bomb pictures, do we? Um, no. Nah. Nah, I can tell you what player he, he, he played. No, nah, I can't. I can't tell you. So you Lisa's Sorry. question is just a bad question. So who are you going to ask? ask me another one if you want. <laughs> no. I'd assume, I'd assume he wore a number above 11. If that helps. But I don't know. So can we put the sub question on? Was he playing at a time when he had a squad number? When did squad numbers come in? Oh, I don't know, mid nineties. Like, <laughs> when, no when Klinsman came, so Klinsman was fourteen. Oh yeah, it's after that. It's after that. It's it's deep into the nineties. Oh. The fact that when Holly asked me whether it was the nineties, I am Denard probably tells you it's mm. quite at the end of the nineties. Back end of it. So, Lisa, who are you going for? Lars Behinen. Not Lars Behinen. Right. Um, did he? Did he play in the attacking half of the pitch? Was he? Um, a, yes. Attacking midfield to us. Okay. Well, he played in an attacking position. Given how bad we were at this point, he might have not been in the attacking half of the pitch, but he was an attacking player. Gareth Taylor. Not Gareth Taylor. No, he wasn't late 90s, was he? Shit, fuck. Okay. Um, Holly. Hmm. Did he have brown hair? 
not a bad question. These, these are questions that I should know the answer to. And now you, <laughs> you, you can see his thought. face. He had long brown hair. I'm giving more away uh, than he I know who it is now. Go on, Lisa. I mean, you know who it is. I know who it is. It's obvious. <sighs> did he score more than one goal for Forrest? Uh, did he score more than one goal for Forrest? I like how Dan said to me, I haven't really got time. I've got a lot on today. I can't do it. So he's ended up doing <laughs> now live. <laughs> um, Research he, now. he did. He did not score more than one goal for Forest. I'm going for Andre Salenzi. Not Andre Salenzi. Ooh, over to you, Freebs. Was he an Englishman? No. Okay. Was it Gino Padula? It was not. Now that's not even a striker, is he? He's a left back, wasn't he? Um, Holly. I just wanted to say it. The name. Long hair. Long hair. Late nineties. Not English. Scored a goal. What a bugger. Holly, uh, over to you. I'm going to give, can I give another clue? Yeah, sure. And he's, he's not oh. English. Oh, no, you'd already told us before the potty wasn't English. Why did I ask that? Sorry. Portuguese. He's Portuguese. <clears throat> oh. Oh, blimey. I know who it is. I hope you two don't get it now, because I actually genuinely do know it now. No, I honestly don't have a clue. Um... Can I say his initials to help you? It's not my go. I've got to wait. I've got to wait. It's my fault I didn't go for it. Go on, Holly. Question and a name. Oh. Before Lisa's gone, I'm just going to text Daniel. I think it is just to put extra pressure on Lisa. <laughs> I can't even think of a question now. Uh, let me think. So, Portuguese, long brown hair, late 1990s. Another clue. Creeps knows who it is. Hey! hey. Just put us also, out. Yeah, also, just, played, just... also played for West Ham. Come on, Lisa. I'm going to let you have the glory tonight, please. It's Hugo Porfirio. It's not, is it? Oh, don't do that face. It's, it's who? Hugo Porfirio. Yeah. That's right. It's who. Who? Uh, Hugo Porfirio. Uh, I've got. Danny in my head who played for West Ham that really good looking lad who was in Match Magazine every week with the blue eyes he was a dreamboat Hugo who? Hugo yeah Paul. I don't remember this fella no. I think you two have made this up between you yeah it's a conspiracy alright okay Time's look good. him up look him up <laughs> Hugo I don't know how you but that's why I was a bit funny on the surname I just text down the word Hugo and then I realised is it Paul Furio oh there he is yeah you remember him Lisa he made nine appearances for us no, no, not. No, I've seen him. I don't remember him. <laughs> That's yeah, a so bad how picture. How the hell have picture. you come up with his name? Because I just knew that I was well into, you know, me players and stuff. Then he was bullshit. I smell bullshit. And actually, you're right. <laughs> bullshit. Right, honestly, God, Lisa. I think I you two have been having iggle piggle conversations behind <laughs> our backs. You, you, uh, yeah, there he is. That's Hugo Porfirio. Oh, <laughs> oh my god, no. I like how Lisa's like, Ryan, just do it. And now, when I actually got it right for the first fucking time, I'm being told that I've cheated. On the, <laughs> listen, if I've lied, it will hex and Forrest will not go up this year and get hammered by Liverpool. It's on that level where I'm saying I absolutely have just guessed it. Dan has not told me what it is. That's the truth. I don't really lie anyway, Lisa, unless, uh, <laughs> unless I'm in court. Uh, anyway, before we before we finally do go, um, Dan, I just want to just play a little bit of role play with you because I know it's the kind of thing you like to do in business. Um, so your name for the purposes of this, I'm just going to ask you a couple of questions I've not been able to ask the person themselves. Is Your name is Chris Hewton. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. So, um, 
Hi, Chris. Welcome. Thanks for coming today. I'm not going to put an accent on because I can't no, no, get please trouble don't. for that. And I can't. I can't. I can't do London. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, how are you doing, Chris? All good. All good. Yeah. Great. Nice to see you. How, how have you been? Can we get to the questions? No, just I'm just warming you up because okay. So um, I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering. Um, what do you think of what Steve Cooper's done with your players and everything? Because he said couldn't get any more out of them. Uh, he's done. He's done well with uh, some of those players, and then other players he's uh, brought in have made the difference, really, hasn't it? Oh, um, wonder, uh, how's, how's the job on going? On? Joe, can we stop from that? He's got a job, right? He's got a job. Is he? What's he doing? He's the technical director for Ghana. Oh, sorry, it slipped my net. I was too busy looking at pictures of Hugo Porfirio. Um, no, I mean, seriously, joking aside with it, it must be, at the minute, especially with the media coverage for us again, it must be a bloody tough one, you know? I've nothing against him as who he is, but it's just at the end of the day, you know, all we ever heard was what a lovely bloke and all stuff like that. And I don't mean to bring back, like, the exes, in a sense, but, like, Jesus Christ, especially what Cooper did at the start down with those players who, you know, until January were more or less the same. It, it's, it shows you a, a lot, really, doesn't it? It must be, it must be a tough watch. Yeah, I think it's part of it, which is obviously everyone knows about, which is he just wasn't good enough in terms of what he did with the players. I think there's also, like, people talk about players when they say, oh, he just wasn't a right fit at the club or whatever. Um, you've got to remember, like, Cooper's the first manager that Dane's brought in. Dane had just got his feet under the table, so it, it, it kind of feels like Hooten was a, a manager for a certain period of time, and I, I don't want to say he was um, as successful at Forest as someone like Doogie Friedman, but you almost feel like... Um, the gap between um, us capitulating at Stoke and then bringing Dane Murphy in needed something to fill it that didn't end up sending us down to League Two. And yeah. at least he did that. Now, I'm not saying that's an achievement by any means, but um, it, it served a purpose to get us to where it, we got, you know, we've got, unfortunately, um, didn't probably happen in a way we wanted it to. But um, now we're out the other side of it, then, you know, no, no hard feelings on my part, I don't think. Uh, I also love the fact that his one point was Derby. I love that even in our darkest, deepest <laughs> moment, even they couldn't do us. And, and I, I like that very much. Um, right, before we go, so we've gone all through a bits and bobs like that. Let's, uh, we, I don't think we need to do a quiz this week. We've kind of covered it with the wonderful Hugo Porfirio. Um, so, yeah, we will probably see you in two weeks' time. I'm trying to do my maths really quickly and see when that is. That will be just after Liverpool. Oh, oh we play in Liverpool. I didn't realise. We are, Lisa. Yes, we are. Um, I'm sure you can discuss it in depth on the radio soon. <laughs> or Mr. Door or Max. Or... <laughs> no, honestly, I think it's good. I think, who was it? Somebody messaged me. Um, oh, I don't know if I told you this. So the Bournemouth, this is quite funny. I, I, I don't want to put it on the pod. Um, the Bournemouth uh, programme messaged the pod and asked us if we'd write a piece about Steve Cook and Bournemouth before the games go in the, the programme. I said, yeah, you know, I'll put something together for you. And I thought, oh, I'm really, really proud of that. I think that look, that reads well. It looks like I'm not just a moron. And then the game got called off because the side of the stand was, and I was just like, did it go into print? Can I keep it? Show me mom. Does that happen? Is there any of them around? Because they're not, they're not going to use my answers from then, are they? Well, by the time we bloody play them. But anyway, um, yeah, lovely to see you all again. I say we'll be there in about two weeks' time. We've got three games in that time. So, yes, um, send us anything you want on the pod, any Eagle Piggle pictures, any uh, superimposes of our head in various uh, situations would be great. It's been lovely chatting to you all, you Reds, and uh, let's just knock them out, yeah. Let's just do it for Brian Laws. See you later. <laughs>